You're listening to the Red Diamond Courier, an Elder Scrolls podcast. Here are your hosts, Bob Chichinsky and Dog Bark 24. Welcome, welcome, everyone, all of our good friends, to episode 20 of the Red Diamond Courier. We are so excited to be here with you guys this week. Graymore is upon all of our PC friends, us console brethren are still, and sisters are still left in the dark, but that's okay. Uh, We are still here to hang out with you guys and talk a very exciting, big episode 20 jam-packed patch notes episode for you guys. I am here with you as always, Bob Chichinsky, and our other host here with me, Dog Bark Twenty Four. How you doing this week, Dog? You excited, man? Yep, I'm pretty excited. Well, you really sound like a dog. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just it's just because I haven't done the PS4 characters yet, and I know I have to do that either today or tomorrow. Yeah, there you go, man. Today or tomorrow, so. Sometime in there, you you know, there's never enough time for ESO, honestly, because it's all-encompassing. But anyways, as I was saying earlier, we have a Patch Notes episode for you guys this week. It is, you know, one of the things we only do a few times a year, as we don't really want to just weigh you guys down with um, Patch Notes too often. They can get pretty detail-y, which, and I'm going to give you that disclaimer right here too, this is going to be a long episode there's going to be a lot of you know going into numbers and how the game is changing and how it's going to feel going forward so i'm we've tried to break this up as uh, best we can i am going to do my best to create a uh, you know a little list of times in the show notes that you guys can leap to uh, whatever specific thing like you know it'll it'll be able to help you guys out because we expect this to be a long one a fun one very excited jam-packed episode 20 yeah we're super excited to be here with you guys so um dog you want to uh tell them the news we have not much just i mean the awesomeness of everything i guess for news, we have, you know, Graymore being released, and then we have our end-of-the-month Twitter giveaway for Crown Crates. That's right, dog. We have our end-of-the-month Twitter giveaway going on. You guys, all you have to do is go follow us at Red Diamond Cast on Twitter and like our giveaway tweet. And, uh, yeah, if you guys are listening to this the week it comes out, uh, May 31st this is going to be the last day you can enter on Sunday where you're going to draw the winner on stream. I'll be streaming that evening. So you can come hang out and see who wins there as well. Now, anyways, let's wrap that minutia up real quick. We don't want to go too long into the news and PvP stuff this week because we want to just give you guys patch notes, patch notes, patch notes. So, yeah, Cyrodiil. It is still popping, and uh, I logged in first day of Greymore, and it's the first time going to get scores I've ever seen Greyhost not be, like, the most packed thing ever in the world. There is only one bar of each faction, and I think that that had to do with some of the, uh, 
the little issues that were going on, I mean, some weren't little. They had some problems on day one, but they were working from home, got it out, got everything. They took the server down, you know, a couple different times, a couple different places, and got everything worked out. And, um, you know, I thought that was really cool. And uh, anyways, they had to put a queue to log in. And uh, I think that everyone that was getting in wanted to go see Great more. So no one's in PvP. And I just kind of thought that was interesting. It's the first time. Yeah, that just shows goes to show how excited, you know, people are for Greymore. They're not even in Cyrodiil. So with that being said, you know, my monologue rambleness, um, PCNA EP is leading with 6,377. Right behind them is the Old Mary Dominion with 6,134, just about 250 behind. And the DC are behind them in last with 5,980. So they're just about, yeah, they're not doing so good either. So PCEU scores are going to be the same order EP, 7K, AD, 5K. DC 4.6k. So over on the PC side of things, uh, looks like Evan Hart Pact is top dog. Now uh, these are new scores. This is a new campaign that started. These had 28 days left when the scores were gathered. Um, so as far as last campaign, we have in the NA, the Old Mary Dominion took it home. I did not see it finish entirely but there was like a few hours left the last time i'd seen you know there was hours left but ad was still in the lead and i'm like all right they gotta they're gonna get it ep definitely won the eu side of things so congratulations to the almary dominion you guys got one there you go on the big napc side of things way to go evan hart packed you guys took home the EU PC side of things. So that's pretty awesome. And Dogged, what about the Xbox scores? All right. For Xbox NA, we have in first with Ebonheart Pack at 58K. But then in second is AD with 56K. And then last place is DC with 52K. And then for the Xbox EU servers, we had AD with 73k, DC with 48k, and EP in last for 38k. Finally, DC not in last place. Oh my gosh, that, that was ridiculous. Yep, and at least you're, you know, 10k ahead of EP and EU, so we have yeah. that for us. I mean, AD has definitely got that one almost, you know, they've almost doubled the field, but... DC is in second, yay! And as for PS4, we would like to thank, uh, as always, our PS4 correspondent, Lotus of Doom. Uh, yeah, he sent over the scores, and I would love to report that the DC is winning, but they aren't. <laughs> so, Evan Art Pact is in first place with 56,327. You're looking at the Aldmeri Dominion in second place with 54,509. And DC in last with 54,353. So we're close. We're close to second there. And I think that we have a chance at um, 
like, you know, catching up. But if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Unfortunately, I say go DC, though. And as far as the PS4 EU side of things, we once again have the same score list. EP57K, AD53.7K, and DC47K. So, unfortunately, that means in five out of six servers, we have Ebonheart Pact, Old Mary Dominion, and then DC. And that honestly stings a little bit. I've never seen DC being last so much. I feel like going and getting Cyrodiil on every single server and somehow pulling them out, but I don't think I could pull that off. Maybe I should just focus on Xbox NA, right, Doc? Right. And hey, you know what? You know, uh, Western Skyrim's coming out, so Evan Hart Pact's probably going to lose about half their faction. So <laughs> That's true. They're going to be busy. They're not going to have as much time to uh, get up in there and everything. I hope, at least. Yeah. Hopefully. Otherwise, this will be awkward. And... But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well... That's going to wrap it up for Cyrodiil and the news and all that stuff. Nice and quick. See, I told you guys we wanted to get you here to the knowledge. And there was a lot. There was like an insane amount of notes this time around. And there usually is when a chapter comes out. But we went through and we picked out... All the important stuff, and we went deeper than we did our last patch in this episode. I went and listened to that. I thought we needed to go a little deeper, and uh, these patch notes were just longer in general, so we made sure that we're getting all the important stuff for you guys. We've got vamp changes, werewolf changes, arena weapons, set changes, all kinds of fun stuff. So, um, Graymore stuff. Right off the rip, we're going to go through a little bit of it. We're not going to get too deep into that. That is the one thing that we're going to kind of skim over. And as you guys know, you can find these patch notes um, online at 6.0.5, elderscrollsonline.com. You should be able to find it through there. You could just look up ESO, current patch notes, find the ones that came out May 26th. The day that Graymore came out. Like I said, it is 6.0.5. So, with all that being said, Dogged, why don't you get us started on some of these Graymore kind of stuff? Go through these uh, early patch notes. All right. Well, so I think the perfect way to start us off is talk about like sets that uh, we saw in the patch notes. What I liked in the patch notes is uh, the Kind's Wind, which is the healing trial set. I want to put that on my Warden Healer because it has that uh, expansive Frost Cloak to give everyone uh, major resolve. And then I also wanted the Winter's Respite, which was the Light Armor Overland set. And I wanted to use that one for my healers that could use another AoE heal in their rotation. So not necessarily my Magclar, but... Maybe my uh, Necromancer or the Warden. Nice, man. Yeah, Kind's Wind is definitely looks like a set that's going to be really good. And I know that uh, one of our guildies is really excited about that one, too. And I think even that's one that I would be excited for. But 
other than that, um, there is this other set coming out. It's an Overland set, Eternal Vigor heavy armor set. Gives you Magicka and Stammery Cove, and then, um, well, also Health Recove too. So two, three, four piece, you get one of each recovery. And the five piece, you get max health, plus it adds 337 stamina and Magicka recovery while your health is above 50%, and it adds 1,000 health recovery while your health is 50% or less. So that is freaking awesome. And if you pair it with some stuff, like, I mean, even, like, Orgnums or, like, Ancient Dragon Guard or, you know, you could get really tanky or you could go with, like, a Titanborn, you know, Titanborn's Legacy set if you really want to just mess with that 50% barrier and uh, get stronger the weaker you are while also getting more health recovery. I don't know. Some fun, interesting stuff. I think that that one looks like it could be fun. I like these sets that they've been doing with the 50% kind of dividing line. I think that looks fun. Stoon's Favor is still interesting, the crafting set. Um, It did get a little bit of a nerf. It gives uh, weapon and spell damage, so it's kind of one of those hybrid ones three-piece penetration, four-piece more damage for both, of course, on each of those. And the five-piece dealing damage to an enemy who is off-balance grants you 5,312 physical and spell penetration for 10 seconds. So it's a pretty large penetration buff. It was almost double that, I think, or more. It was a really ridiculous. I feel like it was 13,000. But they definitely brought that you know, more in line, but I still think it looks interesting and something I might try out. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was like around 13,000. It was ridiculous. That's why we wait until the patch notes are official and I go over each PTS because that could be a very, that could be get very old very fast. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And if you guys wonder like, oh man, the PTS is out, but they're not talking about patch notes. So this is exactly why, because things change every single week in between and then when the final drop comes things still change so this is the final drop this is what all pc players are feeling now and this is what uh console players are going to feel when it comes to live for us in two weeks so that's what we're here for and these are the big ones and yeah we're so excited that it happened to land on episode 20 like how lucky is that i think that's why they pushed graymore back dog right just so it could be perfect right. for us. <laughs> so um, we got some mythic items too. Are there some you're excited for, dog? Yes, one that I want is the Ring of the Wild Hunt, which is the Murphmire one. Uh, this increases your movement speed by 15% while in combat, but increases your movement speed by 45% while out of combat. And pretty much I'll use this whenever I'm farming materials and doing surveys and treasure treasure maps probably the uh antiquities as well so i'll definitely be using that and then the other one i was interested in is the malakath band of brutality this one increases your damage shown by 25 percent but you cannot deal critical damage and i think this will be good for anything pvp because you don't really care about the crit because everyone's running in pen and now there's a boost to crit resistance so yeah i think that uh both of those are going to be really interesting too i know the 
Ring of the Wild Hunt one was one of the first ones I talked about, and I've been interested in it since. And just so we're clear, these are the mythic uh, items you guys can get from Antiquities. They're going to be one-piece sets, so they're going to be very special, and you can only wear one at a time. So, yeah, these are going to really uh, mess kind of with the uh, normal build setup and make you rethink how you do things if you really want to get one of these special items in there. Yeah. I actually uh, got a lead for the uh, Malakath Band of Brutality while I was in the Imperial City. Oh, wow. Not, yeah, not like I can do anything with it because I don't have a uh, gray ward, but... Yeah. Yeah, pretty interesting. <laughs> well, there you go. That That's cool. And as for me, I am also excited by some of them. The Bloodlord's Embrace piece is the uh, heavy chest. They also talked about this one at launch. It is a heavy chest that tanks most likely are going to be able to wear. And when you bash an enemy, you place a uncleansable blood curse on them. And every time you block an attack from the enemy that has that curse on them, you restore 1535 magicka. And that is honestly really nice for a tank. Um, you're taking damage a lot from a boss that you could place it on them very easily and it can occur every one second. So that's pretty often. So me and Dog were just having a discussion about this set, and he was saying that since we use the uh, Equilibrium Morph Balance from the Mage's Guild skill line, which takes away health but gives you back Magicka, as long as you really have a healer and are very conscious of your, you know, what health you need when and when you can use this ability as a tank, then you can really make good use of that, and your Magicka sustain can be you know, not that bad and not really necessary of a piece like this. But if, you know, taking that off your bar or, you know, not using that, sometimes it's not something that I always like focusing on or I forget to use it and I run out of magic or, you know, this might be a bit of a better inherent way. I don't know. I'm interested to try it. That much is definitely for sure. And uh, the other one that I'm, pretty excited for it definitely got a nerf coming out of pts going to live is the thracian strangler set and this one when you kill an enemy it grants you a persistent stack of slowed's call up to a maximum of 20 stacks so 20 enemies 20 stacks each stack increases your spell damage by 150 so that's a maximum of 3000 but also increases your damage taken and reduces effectiveness of damage shields and healing taken by 2%. So, yeah, that's um, 40%. Yeah, healing is broken, but it's not that broken. <laughs> yeah, like, that is a lot. And that was a, uh, the part that they put on to really bring this set back down because there were... Um, just people going crazy with the set. I specifically watched Zynode uh, go just rip through some stuff with this piece on on a Sork, and it looked really good, and I was pretty excited. And I still might try it, but I will not be running around with 20 full stacks, that's for sure. I cannot do a 40% reduction to my healing taken, for sure. That is just tough. So Those are the yeah. ones we're excited for. That's four out of six. I mean... Did you have any other thoughts about those two, Don? Uh, no, that's 
pretty much sums it up right there. All right, so cruising along, why don't you get into some of this other kind of Graymore and uh, other kind of stuff here, dog? All right, so at launch, there will be four new motifs you can get. The first one is Blackreach Vanguard, which is the Delve and World Boss daily. And then the other three is the Ancestral Elf, Orc, and Nord, which you can get from Antiquities. Then there's the three new Alchemy Reagents, Crimson Nernroot, which you can get from Blackreach, Vile Coagulant, which you get from Hero Storms, and then Charis Eggs, which you get from Defeating Charis. And then my favorite about this is probably the Enchanting Glyph, which is Indeco, which you get from a bonus from Antiquities. And this, these will probably have a hefty price attached, so don't sell them cheaply. Alright, and then what this glyph does is that it gives you the Prismatic Recovery, and then I think the Prismatic Reduced Skill Cost. So, that'll be really nice for the uh, tanks and hybrid builds where you use both Magic and Stamina. Yeah, I am really excited for that glyph, honestly. I mean, it's been... I mean, I don't even remember if they've ever introduced a new glyph like this. And the just the ability to try something new is always exciting. And I think this actually could be, you know, good, something really good. So that makes it that much better. And it's part of Antiquities, too, which is cool. Yeah. So the next change that they, uh, they have is with the Imperial City dailies. You no longer need to complete the storyline to do them. Although you should, because it is a good story. And they made the d- the dailies easier to do by kind of lowering the amount of stuff that you need to kill or collect. And one of them you can, uh, it's no longer like a two-step process, it's a one-step process. And that, that which made that quest a lot easier. And then spawn rates of enemies have also increased, which I definitely saw that while I was in there on the PCEU server. And that was definitely helpful because I had to kill uh, I had to kill Imperial Legion people, and there's a group of blues running around in that district. So finding them wasn't easy until I killed one, and like a couple minutes later they came back. So yeah, pretty nice. Yeah, I think that that's really cool that they made it where you don't have to complete the storyline because honestly, like it's not something that. A lot of people are able to do i think it's very hard to go in there and do just like solo i mean you're definitely you're gonna get killed by someone at some point <laughs> unless you're like just pro sneak but um i think that that's really cool and i mean yeah it's easier to go do that story you know than you know back in the day when it was super packed but still the like you shouldn't have to do that whole thing to be able to do the dailies yeah, and now you can do, like, a daily and the story at the same time. Yeah, and that's cool. Oh, yeah, and then, so, for, they also changed how the uh, bosses work inside the city and sewers, so that they'll spawn quicker whenever, like, the, whenever Mid-Year Mayhem will show up, and whenever, like, the Imperial City event, and pretty much any event that involves Imperial City, so, Thank that'll be God, nice. dude, yes, seriously, <laughs> that would be so awesome. Alright, next up we have the Morrowind dailies. And pretty much we have the Delve and World Boss daily are no longer locked behind that first quest of Morrowind. So, Bob no and I way. I did not even see that. 
That is yeah. so awesome, dude. Holy crap. We've been waiting for that forever. Like, I hated having to go do that quest. And it is like the lamest quest, too. It really is, yeah. Oh, like that, that's also something I was mentioning with Imperial City. It was like, uh, I would do those dailies on a couple of my other characters, but I just had to do them on my main because that's the only character that I did the whole Imperial City storyline. And... Yeah, it would be nice to be able to go on there, do the daily on, like, my stand-in or a sork or anything. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Now, one thing I'm really excited for, actually, the next couple things, very excited for, is uh, the house precision editing mode. So now we can precisely edit our death rooms, as Dog says, ships as I love, houses, mansions, and everything else in a very logistical manner guys this is gonna be so awesome like i you know there's a lot of like very you know like high level words here that i could read and really just not make any sense but i just want to put it in layman's terms to you guys so you know when you grab that housing item and you could just kind of move around and it's just like always like moving with you but like you just want to just turn a little bit to the right and like have the thing stay there so you gotta like let go of it and then like grab it again it's this whole process well now you can grab something turn it into like stay mode move your character while still having a grab turn it back into move mode so you can see it from all angles oh man it's gonna be so awesome like i know the housing people know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I am so happy and excited for this change. It's housing is really awesome. And if you guys have never tried it, like it's so easy to get into. I'm one of those people who is like, ah, I don't really know about like all this building and stuff. And I have a hard time, you know, making things look cool and like, f- you know, fancy or whatever, but it's not that hard. It really is like pretty easy and all the stuff that you get looks cool anyways. So it's, it's easy and fun. And I definitely recommend trying it if you guys haven't. And this new, uh, new precision editing thing is going to be really cool. So another another cool thing coming out is lines change tokens. These come out when Graymore comes out, which means console players still gotta wait. But for PC players, they're here now. You are gonna be able to finally switch factions, and it's only twenty five hundred crowns, which was surprisingly low to me. And I have so many, so 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 many. That I would like to switch. And by that I mean two. So I guess it's not that many. But I am picturing them in my mind right now. And I could picture them both as part of the DC. And I'm just. I'm tearing up a little bit man. Yeah you're, one of them is your DK. Your yellow DK. I don't, I don't know what your other one is. Is it the red Ebonheart Blessed Vessel? <laughs> yeah, man. My, my <laughs> Sork that I ended up doing, I just made it to mess around and then did like every end game content on, and now it's stuck on red. Like, I'm really excited to be able to have that on DC. And I'm ready to go into Cyrodiil on a, on a Mag Sork. I want to test that out, and I could finally do it on the DC. I'm excited. Yeah. And then one of the things that it says is that. It says, note that you have to wait 12 hours until you can select a new Alliance Locked home campaign. 
which I was a little confused on this, as there's only one Alliance slot campaign, and once it's locked, it's supposed to be locked until the end of the campaign. So hopefully that is still the case, and this isn't like a workaround, so like you can, or that's, you know, you can have uh, somebody spy and all kinds of that. That just reopens up in the Alliance side campaigns. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just wish they'd lock them all down, honestly. Especially now that they have this, like there's an option. Yeah. All right, so getting out of that kind of stuff, uh, why don't we get into this combat kind of stuff before we talk sets, dog? All right, so we have the synergy hierarchy. And then, so pretty much what this is, is the heals and shields are the highest priority, followed by your utility, buff, and debuff. And then all damage synergies are last. So that's pretty nice and yeah, pretty that's... helpful. That's actually super important because it's pretty much goes to say like if you guys have ever been sitting there spamming a synergy trying to get the right one and like all three different synergies are popping up, <laughs> it's going to fix that hopefully, you know, as long as the one you want happens to be the one that's on the top, but it should be now uh, given general priorities. So I'm very excited for that and... I think that that was a really cool uh, fix for them. Something that, like, you know, I didn't even really think of. Like, well, there must be some order that synergies go in. <laughs> like, I don't know. That's that's cool, though. And I really hope that that works out really well. Yeah, and then uh, I think, like, the uh, combat stuff where, like, you need to, like, break free. Not break free. I think the, the combat stuff where, like, you need a free ally in a... Uh... March sacrifices. I'm pretty sure that's that's gonna be on top. So you know, like you said, you don't have to do a bunch of stuff to get that free ally synergy. So that'd be really helpful, and hopefully less people will die, or more people will die because it's completely broke. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so why don't you get into bashing, dog? Because I know that you wanted me to talk about the pets. Yep. So uh. You know, the people at at uh, Zenimax, uh, you know, they just bashed on bashing this update, but with a good reason because that had to do with people using bash. But bashing got lowered their damage by eighty percent, and then you can increase your damage by of bashing by with glyphs, which increases the damage of bashing by up to five hundred, and then the deadly bash passive which increases the bash damage by 750 and then 1500 so if you were one of the people that weave uh shield bashes into your rotation you can't really do that anymore although i've never really heard of that so but there are people that do it i mean that much i can guarantee all right and then now it's up to you with all the pet stuff so you want me to talk about the pets. Okay. I could talk about pets. I just as I said do have a dedicated pet sword. So uh yeah, there are some changes coming to pets, not too many. Pets, one thing they their attacks, basic attacks can no longer remove players from stealth or invisibility. That is freaking awesome. And I know that all nightblades know what I'm talking about. Super annoying when a pet just like sees you in invisibility somehow, 
or you it sees you then you hit invisibility and like you should be avoiding its attack but it's just somehow hits you anyway and pulls you out of invisibility like okay so that's cool plus uh pet summoning abilities now have a preventative window after completing their cast that prevents attempting to summon them again well, they're already alive, so that's cool because, you know, when you're a button masher, it happens. And pets will now properly inherit their parents' bonuses related to armor, such as concentration or prodigy. And this has been an ongoing thing. They have a hard time getting pets to take all the buffs from the main player. And, uh,. It kind of seems like they've been slowly working through every buff to make sure that they work. And they've kind of categorized them. And they did damage ones recently. And that was a very uh, big thing for pet sorks. So this one's good too. And it will help with your uh, pets, you know, being more tanky. So Especially in like PvP, etc. Lastly, but not leastly, they also fixed an issue where pets could fail to summon if you immediately begin sprinting after casting. So, actually, that is kind of leastly. That's that's a very little thing. But yeah, they did fix some stuff with pets. And that's always cool because pets, I think, are one of the really cool aspects of the game. And the builds where you can have, you know, kind of pets and necromancers, wardens, uh, sorks. I like it, and I think it's a very different thing summoning and you know having uh you know and technically an ally there with you it's kind of cool i like it and i like that they keep working on it trying to prove the ways that it works overall so i see we got a couple more little things here dog before we go into set changes yep they uh increased the healing reduction to 60 percent which isn't really gonna matter in a the main Cyrodiil, except for that, like, your damage healers will not be able to heal as good, but your healers will still be able to heal so hard. <laughs> like, their healing will be barely touched by this, so. And then you have the 20% crit damage reduction, so that's your crit resistance. They give you about 20% base, which is pretty cool. Now you can, like, no longer have to wear all in pen. You can change it up. The resto heavy attack is now like a lightning heavy attack. The barrier was increased to 250 from 200. And then one of my favorite changes is the alliance potions now act like the uh, crown sword potions. So like your battle drops, which uh, give you the Weapon damage and weapon crit, spell drops give you spell damage, you spell crit, and then the health drops, which I don't really know what those do. <laughs> nice. So yeah, those are some of the other little changes coming. And some of those are a little bit bigger. Some of them we have uh down a little bit further too, so yeah. With all that kind of gone through we have a bunch of set changes coming up, which is always exciting, and this time there are quite a few. Not too many um, of the five-piece ones. So, To start us off, we have the Archmage set. What, what changed about this dog? Yeah, so Archmage got a 
its fifth piece got helped out or got changed by a good amount. It used to be whenever you did a heavy attack, you got about 800 magicka back. Now, you, whenever you do a heavy attack, you'll get uh, your magic recovery buff by about 360 for 10 seconds. And that'll give you a whole lot more than 800 magicka. That's actually a really good change. I like that. Yeah. Makes that a possibly viable set for sure. Yeah. And I think in comparison to like Lich, this set is better as well for like in the grand scheme of things because you can keep this up at 100% uptime. So just weaving a heavy attack every 10 seconds and then you have a decent sustain. All right, and then the second uh, five-piece set is the Robes of Transmutation. This buff got lowered to last only five seconds from 20 seconds. The The impin was increased about 100 to be 1,400 crit resistance, uh, which makes this still good for small groups with Radiant Regeneration or spamming AoE heals on your feet constantly whenever you run. But, yeah, with the buff being only five seconds now that really uh changes the way that set works and i think less people will be running it now nice nice very interesting stuff so there wasn't a lot of five piece sets that got changed too much those were the important ones that dog picked out and other than that we did have a lot of monster set changes and we are super like excited about some uh, interested about some and some, it's like, oof, those got ripped. So, starting off, we have Baylorg, and it is now going to give you weapon and spell damage equal to the amount spent instead of double. And that seems like it might be, you know, quite the nerf at cutting it in half. But it is also going to give 23 physical and spell penetration per ulti spend. So when you're talking, you know, 500 ulti, that's 2,300 times 5, which is going to be 11,500. So 23 might not seem like a, a lot when you first read it, but it does quickly add up, as I said, giving you 11,500 penetration. That's a lot. Plus, when you use it at that 500, you get that huge 500 damage buff too. So you are going to still feel a lot of power behind Baylorgs. I promise you that. Don't be afraid by that change. I think it's going to be a good one. As far as Bloodspawn, and we're just kind of going down here in alphabetical order, a lot of these are going to be some of the OG monster sets from the uh, base game dungeons. They got ripped kind of pretty hard. So... Bloodspawn, the armor got reduced to 3300 from 6450. That is almost in half. It is a huge, huge reduction. They also reduced the ulti gained from to 8 from 14. And that, once again, is almost cut in half. So it's it's pretty much ripped. Like, it's really, really bad. It's still the proc chance stayed the same and they reduced the duration and cooldown to five seconds instead of six so that was pretty much pointless for them to even do that because they ripped the rest of it so hard it was really op i mean i'm not gonna say it wasn't a little broken 
But this is one that I am definitely going to be sad to see go. What do you think, Doug? Yeah, I think like the reasoning that they gave inside the per, uh, description was pretty solid. And then after like they uh, said that, I was kind of looking into it. And yeah, so with the ulti thing, uh, if you're a Dragonite, as soon as you use an ulti, you get your uh, like your resources back. So this uh, set was also like a you know kind of like a sustained set for Dragonites in particular. And then there's also so many cheap ultimates that are just off the rails OP. You have eight Wii ultis like Dawnbreaker and the Templar Crescent Sweet. And then you have single target AoEs like Soul Assault, which isn't that OP, but it can still really screw your day, if especially if you're in Nightblade. And then the other cheap one at single target is the Nightblade in Cap. Which I still really do not like that ulti. Yeah, that's uh, never been your favorite. But yeah, I agree with you. And it's, um, I don't know, it's it's still kind of sad to see it get hit that hard, though. Yeah, I think I would have preferred to see, like, you know, like maybe a 10 to 20% nerf overall instead of like a 40 to 50%. Alright, so next up we have Earth Gore. And then this set now heals for. 29,700 health over 10 seconds rather than 30k over 6 seconds to reduce the burst heal potential. And then it reduced the cooldown to 20 seconds from 35 seconds. And I like this change because of the lower cooldown and then still about 3k health a second on top of your other healing instead of 5k which is what it used to be. And one thing that I kind of wonder is, why did they lower it by 300? I mean, that 30 healing a second is really, is it really worth messing at such a nice round number, like 30k? And yeah. So next up is the Engine Guardian. And this set now restores 550 Magicka or Stamina, rather than 1204. So it's reduced by about half. But the healing is increased to uh, 1955 per tick instead of 1204. And it reduced the range of the beam to 15 meters down from 28 meters. It still has the 25% uh, proc chance to, re- to summon the Dwemer. And I didn't really like the set before because it, it chooses either stamina, magicka, or health. So... Yeah, like you never know which one you're going to get. And yeah, so I didn't like the set before and I still don't really like it. So Yeah, this one got a big rip for them to take it down. The magic and stamina that much. And I'm excited because I hate when people pop this and it really gets in the way of like trying to, you know, take them out, especially as like a Nightblade or something. So yeah, I'm excited to see that one get nerfed so as you guys can see uh we're pretty biased here if it's something we like or don't like we're like yeah this is cool or not so i'm sure you guys probably feel the same and if this is something you guys use then it's probably you probably feel the same about something you use as i feel about something i use it's getting nerfed you know like blood spawn which i loved and i'm pretty sad to see get nerfed 
And speaking of sets that I used that I really liked that I'm sad to see get nerfed, we have a Lambrus up next. So Lambrus was awesome because you used to be able to uh, proc both things at once. Now you can no longer layer each Meteor Shower, but they did increase the damage done from each up to 2015 from 1170. So... Well, you can't layer them, it does still deal almost the same damage, but you don't get both elements going off, which was really, really nice. However, they did increase the proc chance to 33, which is nice. So if the only reason you were using this set was to proc both, then it's probably going to be something you switch now. I would recommend, you know, still parsing with it, seeing how much it actually goes down. Maybe it stays around the same with the increased proc and that increased damage, but we'll see, we'll see. Another one of those base game ones they changed is Krogs, and this is from uh, Fungal 1. It increased the damage particular set to 1345, up from 1300. Why would they not just make it 1350? These are questions that will <laughs> never be answered. Nice n round numbers, you know? Yeah, like a lot of the uh, changes were not nice round numbers. Uh, I definitely think they did it to trigger some people like me and Arkanir. <laughs> because we were going that over that over some of the sets, too. Which oh, yeah. uh, definitely be going over later. So, <laughs> yeah, it seems like sometimes they just throw in random numbers to be like, "Ha ha, someone doesn't like it." All right. So next up, we have Lord Warden, and then this decreased the armor bonus of the proc to thirty-one eighty, down from thirty-eight seventy. So, yeah, it's about a seven hundred uh, loss in extra like physical and cell resistance next up we have maw of the inferno and this is the annoying set that pet storks like to run and i and i know me i will and bob will be excited to see some of these changes but the first change is the damage of the daedroth attacks will always deal 3865 damage over each ability's duration which is two seconds down from the varying va values, which averaged about 42.57. And the Daedroth will now follow a pattern to attacks combinations rather than have a random chance to use them. If they fixed an issue where the breath attack was proccing burning significantly more frequently than intended, they increased the proc chance to 33%, up from 10%. And the big one is the Daedroth can no longer be targeted so Storks can no longer hide behind it. And then they also changed the One Piece bonus to Max Magicka instead of Max Health. Yep, that's going to be an awesome one. Me and Dog hate when a pet Stork with already two pets needs to put this on and get another one and hide behind all of them. Like, give me a break. Nope, two is enough. Plus the Atronaut. If you see a pet stork with another two pet storks following around with them, then that's six pets, and then it would be three Molly <laughs> Infernos, nine pets. Then you have three extra Atronox, and you can't, you can't even target them anymore. There's just too many pets. That's true. <laughs> it's very true. So, 
Going along down the list, next we have Molokena, and they increase the weapon and spell damage granted from the set to 560, up from 516. So, this set is definitely starting to become a little stronger. It's got two buffs in a row now. So, someone someone in Zoss likes that one. It's their pet project. <laughs> Yeah, so we, which means either next patch they're gonna buff it again, or they're gonna nerf it to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so uh, next we have Celine's, and it increased the damage of the set to thirteen three hundred sixty four, super weird number, up from twelve thousand, which was a super normal number. Like, why did they need to? Go make it so weird, but whatever. I will take an extra 1.3k damage. This actually will probably make me change from Veladreth to Selene's, like for sure. Now the uh, the damage is significant enough to really need to change, and that's probably going to be the most meta uh, Stam monster set, especially for PVE, I would think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Alright, so next up we have Stonekeeper. Uh, this set has a huge nerf. Uh, this one reduced the health, magicka, and stamina restore from the set to 2850, down from 5350. So it's like over half of it was just gone. They reduced the cooldown of the stacks to 250 milliseconds down from one second to better match your cooldown of blocks cost which i don't really understand that change myself because uh you can pretty much get the proc faster except for you still have a 14 second cooldown after you get the resources back and that's just a huge nerf overall so and then the next one is the symphony of blades this set now restores 570 Magicka or Stamina per tick, down from 2350. And then the cooldown of 18 seconds is now applied per target, rather than just one person getting a massive amount of resources. And I think this change is much more reasonable in groups, especially for Trials, and I approve of this change. Wow, dog's approval. That is... Uh... It's not easy to get, folks. No, it is not. All right, and then next up we have Valkin Scoria. Uh, this set one piece now grants 1487 spell pen rather than max health. And then it decreased the splash damage of the meteor to 3535, down from 4000. And again, it's at a, you know, non even number 4K down to 3535. And that's good. And uh, dog, you know picked up perfectly on taking that because I want these last two monster sets. They are two that I deeply care about and I run. Veladreth is getting an increase in damage, but unlike Selene's where it got 1.3k increase, it is only going up 400 per spore, so technically that's about, um, you know, almost the same. But the thing is... You can't get hit by multiple spores with Veladreth anymore. So the one big hit that's going to the one big target you probably want is not going to be as high as Selene. So 
That's what kind of sucks. But they did also reduce cooldown to 8 seconds from 9. So just cut it down by 1. Not the biggest difference. I really wish... Uh, I mean, I thought that when Veladreth could hit them with each spore and it did a little bit less damage, it wasn't that big of a deal. I think that that set was really good back then. But like I said, I'll probably go into Selene's now. So one that I won't be changing from, though, is Zahn... My favorite monster set. I was so excited when the set came into the game. I thought it looked like the coolest thing. And I knew it would be broken. And it always has been. And I love it so much. And they're giving it a buff. <laughs> they are decreasing the initial damage of this set to 2,000. Down from 3,400. And you might be like, wow, that is not a buff, dude. That's a nerf. But that is only the initial damage. And it increases the damage scaling bonus Per stack, 100%, up from 50%. So that is a large increase, and it ticks five times. And now it ticks six because they increase the duration by one second. So you get a one damage every second and keeps increasing. Now the scaling bonus has been doubled from 50 to 100, and the proc chance has increased from 33% to 20%. Dogged. W was this set not doing good enough? Did it need a buff? I'll take it. I, I should never complain, honestly. I mean, I never could get my Zonda proc. And I know there's times where, like, you try for, like, 20 seconds to get Zonda proc on me, but never be able to get it to proc, so. That's very Maybe true. Then. I am excited to see the higher proc chance probably more than anything. I've been even in the show notes. I wrote your name on it because I know you'd you'd love this change. You're a wise man. Yeah. All right, and then some overall monster set changes. We have uh, they reduced the armor bonus of one piece to fourteen eighty seven, down from twenty nine seventy five. So it's about half of what it used to be of any monster set that had uh, the armor on it. So Damn. if they had armor, it's now fourteen eighty seven. Wow, that's that's a big one. That's in half again. Yeah. And then the monsters. So pretty much monster sets across the board got nerfed, except for specific damage ones that got buffed pretty much. And nice. then uh, also Symphony of Blades got changed. Some people don't like it. I like it. And then Earthcore changed. And some people don't like it. And I do kind of like, I do prefer that change. So. Now, on to the arena weapons. So, first up of the arena weapons changes, we have the Asylum Sigtorum weapons. This is the Chaotic Whirlwind. Uh, whenever you cast Whirlwind, it now envelops yourself with uh, Whirlwind for 6 seconds, which strikes to 3 random enemies every second, dealing 2675 physical damage with a 10 second cooldown. And then the perfected version gives you weapon crit. Uh, should be about 666. Why would they need to do that? Like, that's just creepy, whoever did that. <laughs> because 667 would be, yeah, one number off. That's true, that's true. So, then for uh, the Concentrated Force set, which is the, uh, the staffs, the Perfected is now going to give up to 103 spell damage instead of the other buffs. So, the big change with these uh, Asylum weapons is they went from the perfected versions kind of increasing the buff, making the buff itself better, 
to just having this side kind of thing that it does as well. So now uh, that was for the uh, concentrated force, the staffs, for the defensive position set, which is the sword and shield. We have increased the base restore of magic to 2200 and the maximum restore to 6600. The perfected version adds up to 877 max stamina now. All right, so on the two-handed, you have the Discipline Slash. Uh, this reduces the max ultimate return from the set to a 12, down from 15. And then the perfected version gives you 877 max stamina. Then you have the Bow with Piercing Spray, which is enemies hit by your arrow spray now have their physical resistance reduced by up to 6,600 against incoming bow attacks for 10 seconds. And then the perfected gives you 190 physical penetration. And then for the resto, we have the, uh, re they reduce the cost reduction of the set to 20% down from 27. And the perfected now gives you 877 max magicka. And with that, that's going to wrap up the asylum weapons. And there were also some changes to the black rose weapons, not too uh, significant though. Just, you know, number changes. You guys want to check those out those are there also there was the introduction of the perfected dragon star and maelstrom weapons we're going to go over the, all the maelstrom ones for you guys here if you guys want to hear the uh perfected passives that got added onto the dragon star weapons that is at the end of our dragon star episode from last week and uh, the numbers aren't exactly there, but they are in the patch notes for you guys to look up as well. We wanted to uh, go a little, you know, into the Maelstrom ones as much as we can. So we figured those would be the ones we focus on here. And with that, the first one, Cruel Flurry, which is the dual wield one. It increases the weapon and spell damage granted from this set to 1690 up from 1000. That's a pretty large increase, so this is uh, going to be nice. Flurry is a staple in the dual wield skill tree, and a lot of sand builds use it. So seeing it give uh, extra 700 is, or 690 is very nice. And the perfected version is going to give you 103 extra weapon damage. I, I like that. I feel like they nailed a lot of these um, perfected sets, and I'm really excited about that. Now, after that, we have Crushing Wall, which is the staffs. It is the most awesome freaking staff. It helped my DPS so much. Now that people couldn't do VMA, they could go get it on normal. I'm excited for you guys to be able to use it. It increases your damage of your elemental blockade and the patch notes increase the damage that it does up from 1353 from 1341. So not very much. They literally increased it by 12. <laughs> but um, you know. I'm sure there was some reason for that. And the perfected version gives 1190 spell penetration, which is a pretty significant amount. And uh, not exactly what I was expecting. Penetration is not the biggest thing in PvE, but having a little extra never hurts. And so it was nice. Yeah, agreed. How about Merciless Charge, dog? The, two, or the Sword and Shield set. All right, so next up we have the Merciless Charge. 
this increases the damage done by 10,032 over its duration, up from 7,200. And then this, and then this damage is once again considered a bleed. The perfected gives you 1,190 physical penetration, and then this set now continually activates from Stampede through the Bar Swap. I think that's the two-handed, right? Yeah, that's definitely the two-handed. Yeah. All right. The Restless Staff Militia Weapon is the Precise Regeneration. This set has the decreased Magicka granted through 500. It used to be about 800. But they removed the cooldown from the set. You cannot get simultaneous critical heals from Radiant Regeneration. So if you use that and it crits on three people, you will still get 500 Magicka instead of like 1,000 because it critted twice. So, yeah. The perfected version gives you 666 spell critical. Now, I really love this staff. I use it on my mag blade because I run Calarians and I have the staff, so I don't need it on my back bar. And I use regen as my heal. So, yeah, it gives me a lot of magic back. It can be hard to sustain with night blades, so this is very nice. I'm really sad to see that it's decreasing the magic nearly by half. Uh, not, you know, fully by half, but 800-500 is a significant decrease. But the perfected version will give a higher spell crit rating, which will help it crit more often. And, I don't know, I guess I'll just have to get the perfected version and hope that it almost works as well as the normal version used to. <laughs> yep. For the sword and shield, we have Rampaging Slash. And then this decreased the Magicka and Stamina Restore from... 1904 down from 2000 but the perfected version gives you 77 magicka and stamina recovery and then last up is the bow and bob can take it away so this bow is super awesome if you guys heard me talk about uh my graymar prep episode you heard me talk about how much i love the bow and staff from here and the bow i still use on my uh stam dps for pve it increases the damage of volley by each tick, and they actually, with this, are going to increase how much it does. So it increases the damage done of by volley by 430 up from 320 and increases by 143 per tick up from 110. So not only was this set awesome, but they're making it better Plus, this set now stacks up to a maximum of 8 times rather than continuously stacking, which isn't that bad because it can only hit so many times anyways. And the Perfecta version is going to give you 666 Weapon Crit. And giving you Weapon Crit on a Stam PvE build is just awesome. It's something that everyone needs, and I am super excited to go get the Perfecta version of that and the staffs. So that is for sure. Any last thoughts on those Maelstrom perfected weapons, dog? You gonna be farming it? Um, probably not. I'll probably I'll wait until the Resinium event before I go in there because I don't really use any of these sets right now currently. So true, true, true. All right, well here we are. Um, I don't know how edited this will look, but right now we're definitely over an hour into this, so this is gonna be a long one as we thought. 
we are about halfway, and as always, we want to take this middle portion of our episode to remind you, 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 and yes, even you in the back, that we are a part of the wildly popular Robots Radio Podcast Network, which is just exploding on the internet. Everyone wants to hear Robots Radio Podcast. Uh, so I definitely uh, think you guys should go check out robotsradio.net. See all the shows there, including ours and other awesome ones like this one. I'm Bob. And I'm Brad. We're lifelong friends. And the hosts of the Film and Whiskey Podcast. This is the show where each week we review a classic movie and a glass of whiskey. That's right. Every week we go in-depth on a well-known movie while sampling the best from the world of scotch, bourbon, and more. Because nothing goes better with strong opinion than equally strong liquor. Bob's a movie nerd. Brad's an average Joe. But together, we give fresh insights and hot takes on the world of movies and spirits. So check out the Film and Whiskey Podcast. Part of the Robots Radio Network. All right, all right, all right. So here we go back into the notes, and we are going to start right back off with the big old revamp of the vampire skill line, as everyone at Zoss is so addicted to saying. But anyways, there are all kinds of new awesome ways to feed on NPCs. It's going to be super cool. Um, I've heard that they're super bloody, which I'm excited for. Um, vampire stages have been significantly reworked. You know how you used to wonder like, man, why do I get stronger? Like the longer I don't drink blood, usually that's kind of backwards of how it works. Well, that's what I always thought at least. And now it's not going to work like that. The more blood you drink, the more powerful you will become. And vampire stages are going to last four hours each. So when a vampire stage expires, it decreases your vampire stage. So if you're up at four, it lasts for four hours, and then you will go down to three. Each vampire stage is going to grant bonuses that decrease the cost of your vampire abilities. However, they're also going to increase the uh, amount your non-vampire abilities cost. They're also going to increase your damage taken from flame as it used to and decrease your health recovery as it also used to. Health recovery is now negative 10, negative 30, negative 60, and negative 100 in the stages. Flame damage is going to be plus 5, plus 8, plus 13, and plus 20%. And regular ability cast is going to be plus 3, plus 5, plus 8, and plus 12%. And the vampire ability cost is going to be lowered by 6, 10, 16, and 24%. And those are for each stage of the vampire. Now, with Vampire Lord, the set, things change, right, Doc? Yes. So with Vampire Lord... Your flame damage taken will be plus one, plus two, plus four, plus six additional flame damage. So at stage four, you'd be at 26% damage, more damage. For regular ability costs, you get plus one, then plus two, plus four, and plus six. So with Vampire Lord, your regular ability costs would be at 18% more. 
And then the big one is for the vampire ability cost, which would be minus 5, minus 10, minus 15, and then minus 20. So your vampire abilities would cost 44% less. So. And I hope that's all you're using at that point, because... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you become a vampire lord. Only yeah, vampire And maybe, like, something, one, some random ability that you used to buff yourself, but that's about it. So, speaking of vampire skills, some of them are now going to be criminal acts, very similar to the necromancer skills, so... If you like dueling in towns and you're a vampire and planning on using a lot of these new skills, maybe change your dueling destination. Just saying. Also, if you are stage four, then some merchants will not sell to you, but you can convince, persuade slash intimidate, quote unquote, them otherwise. But yeah, so stage four. You will have some merchants, not every single merchant in the game, some merchants that are going to be like, oh man, I'm going to sell the free you vampire, and you're probably going to be able to persuade or intimidate them to do so. Probably intimidate, you know, mostly, your vampire. So, you know, don't read that and then think, oh man, this is going to like totally change the way I play the game. You're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. So... The priests of Arcae, the people that will devampify you, they are going to be in more prominent areas throughout Tamriel, which is very nice. And I highly advise that if you ever want to devamp a character, please, for the love of Talos, do not pay crowns for it. Just go to these priests of Arcae. It costs like 600 coin. Like, it's, it's awesome. And the original vamp quest that you do right after you get bitten it's been updated and i am super excited to go check that out uh i don't know how much it's been updated but they said it definitely does display your new skills at least so i'm excited for that check it out now speaking of skills dogged why don't you uh get into this first skill and we'll just go back and forth here all right so we have misform and then this ability has been moved to the fifth skill in the skill line, all experience will be in will be kept. This ability is now a toggle ability, training your magicka every second while it is toggled. And then it still requires you to channel it while it is toggled, so you cannot use other abilities while in mist form. For the morph, you have elusive mist, and this morph remains unchanged and still and still grants you major expedition while in the form. And then you have Blood Mist, which is the second morph. And then this new morph deals damage to enemies around you and heals you for the damage caused. So it sounds like Misform got buffed. I am <laughs> so excited to use Misform on my Necro in Cyrodiil, dude. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm so excited to chase after vampires who can now endlessly... I mean, pretty much, right? Like, I, it was a toggle, or it was a castable before, but now it's a toggle. I mean, I I have a lot of magic on my uh, Necro in PvP and a lot of magic recovery. And on top of that, if I throw on, like, Ancient Dragon Guard and I get low and I just misform out of there, it's going to be like, you can't touch me. 
Like, you will do nothing. Yeah. And then you're a necromancer, so you're you're already uh, super resistant anyways. Yeah. So, I love it. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. I am totally excited to uh, try it for myself, but like you said, not excited to chase um, any of these other people down with it, that's for sure. So, the first of the new skills we have is Eviscerate. And bye-bye Drain Essence, you crappy lame skill that no one ever used ever. <laughs> I'm so glad to see that go. This is what is replacing it. This new skill is a direct damage melee attack that deals more damage based on your own missing health. And the morphs, blood for blood, cost health to use and increases the damage bonus on your own missing health. So... No matter what, this skill is based on your missing health. The more lower your health is, more damage it's going to deal. This first morph is going to make it cost health and also help increase that uh, lower health, higher damage buff. So you could really work some interesting things with that. The second morph, Arterial Burst, will always be a critical strike if you use it while under half health. Guys, there is a lot of half health stuff. These sets, these moves, I'm liking the playing with half thing. I didn't think I'd like it at first, but I am honestly getting into it after trying Ancient Dragon Guard and being able to be like, tell when I could really do more damage and tell when I could sustain and get out of there It's and survive. It's I like it. And these skills where they're adding that kind of stuff is really cool. I think that this skill is going to be pretty awesome, actually. And... um. You know, depending how low health you are, it could probably deal some serious damage. So it could be a, even an oh crap move if you're like super low on health or anything. Trying to get that final blow off, you know, it that's the hardest thing to do, you know, in PvP is get that, you know, final finish that person off. Yeah, you know what I think of when I think of eviscerate. What, Don? I think of the quote from the village and watcher, which is eviscerate them, which is, you know, from ice Imperial city prison, which is, you know, the best dungeon with their ramp. <laughs> uh, the best is a subjective term, my friend. <laughs> All right. But uh, next up we have blood frenzy. This is another new skill. This is a permanent buff that can be toggled off and on outside of the global cooldown. While it is toggled on, you gain a massive bonus to weapon and spell damage, but your health is drained every second and you cannot be healed by other players. This health drain increases in intensity the longer you keep it toggled on. The first morph is Simmering Frenzy. If this increases the weapon and spell damage bonus, but also increases the health cost the longer it remains toggled on. Then you have Stated Fury, which is when, I, when it is toggled off, you heal for a portion of the health you spent while it is toggled on. I think that this skill looks really interesting, and personally, I can't wait to try it out. As long as you have some solid health to stand, you should be able to easily pop this during boss fights, maybe dungeons or trials, stuff like that, and do some real damage. I mean, like, seriously, it's pretty crazy the amount of damage it seems to give you 
I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think that this could be a uh, a really powerful thing. You just got to be careful of the health being drained, you know, and that's uh, as long as you can sustain that, it's going to be massive damage. And, you know, what's better than that? Yeah, if you're a damage Templar and you have like, you know, if you stand in your own Purify and you pop a Radiant Regeneration, your healing is going to be so insane. Because your buff spell damage, which innately will buff your healing. So, uh, yeah, I I'm definitely gonna be curious on how that is. So, yeah, I'm excited to check that out for sure. And the next one is Vampiric Drain, another new skill. This new skill is a short channeled beam ability, so you know tether. Which deals low damage to an enemy, but heals you for a significant amount of your missing health over time. So, it's an interesting little move. It's a tether to an enemy. It deals a little bit of damage to them, but mainly you're healing. So, that's kind of nice. The first morph is Drain Vigor. And it restores a portion of your missing stamina over the channel, which is really awesome. Especially... I think that's kind of a uh, shout-out to how stamina builds also use Vampire. You know, a little bit. You know, kind of like, we see you, and here's kind of a little thing that might help you, you know? And uh, the second morph generates ultimate over the channel. So I think overall this skill sounds like it could pair nicely with even the last skill. A skill that deals damage while also healing you is always something nice to have. So, for instance, you could have this, um, you know, Blood Frenzy skill on and then have a Vampiric Drain going on as well on an enemy. Just put that on them. Have health constantly coming in while you're going through your rotation, etc. And um, I just really hope that the heal is significant and hopefully on par with a skill like Vigor in the first place. And I really think that if they nail the heal and make it significant, this could be a very awesome skill. But if not, then it will probably get left by the wayside. We have Mesmerize next. This new skill is a crowd control ability that affects all enemies in a cone in front of you, stunning them if they are facing your direction. The first morph is Hypnosis, which affects all enemies around you instead of enemies in front of you. So that would be pretty good for, like, if you're just standing on top of them. Uh, could be a good, like, probably, like, you know, you know, like, Nightblades have their, like, little AoE fear. It's probably some, something very similar to that. Right, so Stupefy is the second morph, and then this morph snares the enemies after the stun ends. Yeah, I'm really excited for this skill as well. Especially as a Necromancer with only two kind of meh stuns. The fear one is definitely my favorite, but it only goes off every two seconds. I don't like that. So hopefully this skill could be a great replacement. And AOA stuns are always awesome. So I'm very interested in this one. So now we have the freaking ultimate. Everyone is so excited to be a blood scion. So here we go. This new ultimate is a transformation skill that turns you into a horrific vampire monster transforming instantly heals you into full 
health. Well transformed, you have increased health, stamina, and magicka. You heal for a percentage of all damage caused, and you can see enemies through walls. So, you pretty much become, like, God. I'm just kidding. But, yeah, you will hit full health. You increase all your base stats. All the damage you do gives you a bit of health back, and you see freaking enemies through walls. Guys, this ultimate is going to be freaking awesome. And the first morph puts Bat Swarm back around you. I know, I know there's people out there like, man, Bat Swarm is awesome. I don't want to see it go. Well, you don't have to because it could be Bat Swarm plus Blood Scion. Super awesome. Deals extra damage to enemies that come close and get in your Bat Swarm. The second morph is equally awesome and super interesting. You ascend to Vampire Stage 5 while transformed, which grants all the benefits of Vampire Stage 4 with none of the drawbacks. Like, no fire damage, no increase to your non-vamp abilities. I, this is awesome. Like, nothing truly really needs to be said about how amazing this ultimate is going to be. And I just my own little note I had here is being able to see through all sounds freaking amazing like oh my god I'm so excited guys I didn't think I was gonna be excited for Vampire Lord I didn't really like it that much in Skyrim I was just kind of like okay I hunted the vampires the first time through I was a part of the Dawn Guard so you know what are you gonna do but I'm excited for this one I, I truly am I think this is freaking awesome yeah. D Dog, come on, I know you got some opinion on this. So, uh, pretty much all I'll be doing is I'll be spamming jabs while I'm in the perfect Skyrim. Except for... Yeah. <laughs> Dude, oh my god, this huge blood scion just jab, 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 jab. It's gonna be pretty hilarious to see. Yeah, it really is. That's gonna look hilarious. That'll be my final form. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god alright so why don't you uh, dole out some of these passives here why don't you go through a few of them and then I'll go through the next few so we have savage feeding which has been removed and then replaced with feed you also have supernatural recovery which has been removed and replaced with dark stalker uh, you have blood ritual which has been removed the fourth passive skill line uh, you have Undeath, which is removed. <clears throat> you have Undeath, which has been moved to the fifth passive skill line. And this now reduces your damage taken up to 15 and 30% based on each percentage of your missing health. So that kind of got a little bit of a nerf. Uh, you have Unnatural Resistance, which that ability was, or that passive was also removed. Then you have Dark Stalker, which is moved to the second passive skill. And this now decreases the time to enter crouch by 25 to 50% at all times instead of only at night, which is something that I really like to be on part of my vampire. And then this also continues to allow you to ignore the movement speed penalty of sync, which is another awesome thing about vampires. And then we have three new passives. 
feed, this new skill is now the first passive skill, automatically allocated for free upon obtaining the vampire skill line. This allows you to feed on enemies and describes the bonuses and penalties of vampire stages. Next, strike from the shadows, a new passive skill. This new skill is the third passive skill. It grants a short bonus to your weapon and spell damage after leaving sneak, invisibility, or misform. Unnatural movement is the final new passive. This new skill is the sixth passive skill. It reduces the cost of sprint and causes you to become invisible after continuously sprinting. I almost got tripped up by Gina putting you to become invisibility after continuously sprinting. And I left it in there because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I don't like to pick on Gina, but sometimes she, well, she actually has some just hilarious lines in the patch notes that I uh, think you guys should all go look for. I, uh, it cracks me up when she writes something hilarious in there. I think I have some later actually coming up, but remember when she spelled Velastris? wrong yeah, three times three different ways that yeah. is i'll never forget i was gonna mention that too <laughs> oh man that that just warms my heart because it's like i don't want to go too on a wormhole but it's cool to be like you know someone is doing this this isn't like you know computer generated stuff like someone sat here and types all this out i just think that's really cool you know it shows the you know work put into it i think so that is going to be our wrap on the vampire overall. I am so freaking excited to get my hands on this. I just dying to two more weeks. I cannot wait. Um, I hope it's super awesome for you PC players. Um, maybe I think that me and Doug might have a whole episode once we get our hands on grammar where we could kind of just you know talk about these big updates that came out and just kind of go over like how we really feel about them since we don't really get to play it for a couple weeks so maybe we'll do something like that but yeah really excited for these vampire changes overall myself um i am gonna just go really hard on it that first you know week for sure i want to see all the vampire things i want to see what it means for my necromancer to be a vampire in this new day and age what about you doug like general overall vampire change thoughts give me it we got we we know all the changes finally what do you think i think we're gonna be bombed harder than ever before <laughs> in fact i don't think i know <laughs> I, mean, I think we're gonna see a lot more bombers inside of cyrodiil and I'm definitely going to be one of those bombers as soon as I finish off my build. Oh, my God. Well, that's that's cool. I would like to see some bombers on my team, at least. I could say that. <laughs> well, yeah. So, uh, going past Vampire Changes now, we do have the performance updates coming with, um, you know, the new chapter, Graymore Update 26, and uh, Patch Notes version 6.0.5. Performance updates. First off, server optimization and stability. Non-combat pets have been reworked, and you're pretty much going to see no change. But you might feel one. They might move a little bit better. They might stay a little closer to you, be more reactive when you move. And hopefully there's less strain on the server. So that's 
always good. And the player character loading process is now multi-threaded on the server to improve performance. Not really going to act like I know what that means, but they do say these changes will allow the server to more efficiently prepare and load character data so as to not adversely affect over-server operations. I'm excited for performance updates. I think that them being... Uh, transparent with these has been a great change and uh, you know they haven't always worked out but you the fact that they're trying and they're telling us exactly what they're doing I, I like it and I appreciate it so do you want to do this next part dog it's kind of wordy all right so you have client optimization and savability the fixture creation process on the client is that multi-threaded this allows the client to utilize multiple cores when constructing and drawing art assets on screen, improving overall performance. Cool. Uh, they also optimize how characters are drawn onto the client, spreading workout over multiple cores and improve overall performance. Uh, they further improved performance in situations with lots of effects i.e. particles, projectile effects, whether from happening simultaneously. So, yeah, I can see how that uh, how would help. And then improved caching for animation sets to reduce memory usage in situations with many players or monsters. This results in improved stability, fewer out-of-memory crashes, and a slight improvement to FPS. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that those could be some big ones as well. I mean, you know, it's no re-download the whole game like uh, <laughs> Update 25 was. And I hope that we don't see as many drawbacks from it. And I hope this actually fix a lot of this stuff. I'm always excited for it. Um, one thing I haven't heard out of uh, PC Graymore players, because there was kind of a bit of complaining on day one, but, you know, Things were when things go down, people complain fast. You know, it's just how things work. People, are like, I paid money. I deserve immediate, you know, uh, excitement or whatever. Comments. Yeah. So, um, comments get buried by negative comments. And... Yeah, very easily. So there was, uh, you know, a lot of people that were given support to the Zoss people working hard for our game and that was kind of cool to see ESO fam uh, looking out for the devs too uh yeah I mean this is a crazy time for any anyone to be putting anything out uh except I guess me and Doug podcasting because we're like states apart so we don't we social distance pretty well in the courier shop, I guess you could say. Anyways, I don't even know what kind of rabbit hole we're going down. I think that these will be good, and I am excited, and, you know, cheers to them for getting those finished still with everything that's going on. And that's what I was saying, is that the, I haven't heard, if anything, a lot of complaining about performance and stuff. It's just been that... um there was just people not being able to get in and uh, all kinds of crazy stuff like that happening, which that kind of stuff happens. It You know, when you're dealing with a bunch of middle sites and everything, things happen. So, yeah, performance updates, 
they have them every time. They've been transparent with them. We hope these ones go very well. Now we have the werewolf changes. They pretty much did a little bit of update to each of the active abilities. So we're going to go through each of them. I'm going to let Dog start and we'll switch off through them. Dog, go ahead. The first ability is Her Scene's Bounty. When you cast this ability while at full, full health, you restore stamina. While this ability or its morphs are slotted, you passively gain major brutality. The first morph is Her Scene's Rage. Casting this ability at full health now grants major berserk for 6 seconds, but also causes you to take additional damage. And the major berserk is uh, the t- plus 25% damage bonus, so that seems pretty strong. And then the other one is Hercene's Fortitude, which this ability now increases your health and stamina recovery by a small percent of the healing cause with a cap, as well as continuing to increase the base healing of the ability. So one you get, you do a lot more damage, and the other one you are more uh, survivable. And the big change to that is that it now uh, restores the stamina when it full health, so... That's pretty awesome. And the mage brutality at all yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Passively, that's that's huge. So yeah. that's that's pretty cool. I I think that a lot of these changes, you guys are gonna like for sure if you run werewolves. So um, uh, to follow on with that, piercing howl. This ability and its morphs now deal ten percent more damage to enemies who are facing you, which are a lot of enemies, especially if you're in PvP. You know, um, you got people just staring you down like, well, you also have people running from you as a werewolf. Let's not lie. Um, so the Howl of, Howl of Agony morph uh, now decreases the damage bonus of this morph to 25% down from 33%. But it now also works on enemies who are facing you. So there you go. Uh, interesting little nerf, but... Not too bad on that morph, and overall in the whole skill, it should be interesting thing to try out. Extra damage. Yep. Alright, now we have the Gap Closer, which is Pounce. This ability now becomes Carnage for 5 seconds after casting it, which allows you to quickly run your target, causing them to bleed for 10 seconds with an aggressive execute scaling bonus. So the first morph is Brutal Pounce. And this carnage now overrides to Brutal Carnage, converting it into a conal attack. And each time an enemy is hit by Brutal Carnage, you gain weapon damage up to a maximum of six times. Pretty decent. And then you have Feral Pounce, which dealing damage with the initial hit, uh, override Feral Carnage. Uh, this will grant stamina in addition to extending extending the time you say in werewolf form. That is definitely an interesting change. Definitely having more bleeds is always nice. And it says it has an aggressive execute scaling bonus. I mean, that definitely sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Another one that I think good changes, you know, I think so. And then with the next one, Roar, this ability now also causes enemies to become off balance for seven seconds. Well slotted, 
This ability and its morphs passively grant major savagery. Oof, man. I just like reading that when I read this ability now also causes enemies to become off balance for seven seconds. It just makes me think of wearing that new craftable set where if you, you know, set enemies off balance, you get this huge penetration buff as well. I mean, uh, it's just that feels like it goes hand in hand to me for some reason. But, well, I mean, I know why, but I just immediately made me think of that. Plus, also the uh, passive major savagery very awesome so you have the deafening roar morph this morph now also applies manor maim to enemies for its duration freaking awesome so applying manor maim to your enemies is going to decrease their damage done by 15 percent that is a large amount and that is uh just for the minor buff that is super awesome, uh, you know, especially when you're a werewolf, you want to be taking in very little amount of damage as possible while you're dealing out a maximum amount of damage. The other morph is Ferocious Roar. This morph now increases your heavy attack speed by 33% for its duration. Oh, man, just reading that. I just melted, like, oh, dude, oh man, like increases it by 33 percent dude heavy attacks are so long already i mean i think werewolves are pretty quick and then that'll be even quicker that is awesome that is that is a really good morph i think yeah then you have werewolf transformation uh this is the pack leader morph and the morph no longer causes your dire wolf to apply a minor main to enemies when they deal damage. Instead, while you transform, you gain 10% mitigation and you passively grant you and 11 other nearby allies with minor courage. And then uh, minor courage increases your weapon and spell damage by 129. So overall, werewolves also got a improvement. You can now have the major weapon crit and major weapon damage at all times by the werewolf abilities that's pretty cool uh, if you use the pack leader morph you get minor courage is just even more weapon damage if you use Cersei's rage whenever you you cast that at full health you get major berserk which is you know the extra 25 percent damage done so werewolves are going to be hitting like a truck this uh great yeah, as if they really needed to be hitting any harder, but they definitely will be. And I think that werewolf players are going to be very excited, and they're going to like these changes. And they're probably going to continue loving their werewolves even more, I would assume. So, Dog, why don't you get into these class changes real quick? There's only two, so I'll let you go over them both. So, for the Nightblades, we have Veiled Strike. This ability and its morph now stuns and sets target off balance when used from the flank of an enemy, rather when you are stealth or invisible. And this change was done to offset the loss of the ability to activate this portion of the attack with the recent fixes to heavy attacks properly break invisibility. Yeah, this is a bummer, I think, because a large part of... Stan Blades would love to surprise attack, especially out of stealth. It's a great stun. It was definitely a staple of the Stan Blade, and 
making it where it only does it from the flank of an enemy. I don't know. I don't, I don't really like that personally. But I mean, yeah, you're probably doing it from the flank of an enemy for the most part. But you know, what is like? Where does it draw the line? Where does the game draw the line between the flank? You know, okay, it's too. I don't like that. I like it much more like if you're in stealth, it does it. If you're not, then it doesn't. I don't know. So I I don't think that that was really a necessary change. I guess that they said, yeah, because the heavy attacks properly breaking invisibility. And that is a weird thing, too, that I guess I must have missed. But uh, that's going to be an interesting one. I think that they continue to try and nerf stand blades for whatever reason. Is what I think. The only good Nightblade is the dead Nightblade. So. <laughs> Sorry, Nightblades. There you go. I was going to say, only my Magblade makes that cut. <laughs> yeah. And then for Source, they have Rune Prison. And this is a defensive rune morph. And they fixed an issue where this ability stun could ignore line of sight or range. So, yeah, we definitely don't need Sorks to be more broken than what they already are. So Yeah, I super hate how Rune Prism would constantly do that to me. Like, oh, I'm, like, way far away, and somehow I'm getting Rune Prismed. Oh, I'm behind a wall, somehow I'm getting Rune Prism. Like, this was a fix a long time coming, and thank God that they finally got to it. So, now to finish off our Patch Notes Jumbo Episode 20. We have the odds and ends of the patch notes. Little things that kind of came here and there that I figured, why don't we just group these up at the end? So, um, yeah, I'll kind of go through the first couple of these. We'll just go back and forth. So they fixed an issue that was making people get guaranteed drops of the New Moon Priest motif chapters from the Dragon Guard supply chest in uh, the uh, Dragon Guard Sanctuary in Tidehold. And it was unfortunate to even know that this was a bug. Um, we all thought it was pretty cool that you got a motif page every day. The motif pages that you got were usually doubles, you know, or triples, or in my case, quadruples. You know, I always get gloves. But, uh, yeah, they're taking it away. They're not taking away horribly. They say, note, the updated rate is still significantly higher than most other motif sources. So, take it what you will, I guess. Console players, you got two more weeks. You better go every single day if you're, you've gotten far enough to unlock that and get the uh, go get that chest. It's right in front of Dirge where you get his dailies at the De- Dragon Guard Sanctuary. Oh, I'll make sure that you... Uh open that like i think every 20 hours because if you do it too soon then you don't get the guarantee drop good one good looking out there dog dog actually uh found that out himself earlier multiple times yeah (laughs) so another thing that i am so excited for and i probably should have just made this the first thing in the you know patch notes but i'm just kidding uh necromancer stuff yay the tethers have had their targeting improved even further. So there's the healing tether and the damage tether. And um, yeah, thank freaking goodness that they're working on the targeting. It's so frustrating right now when you get you go to hit it 
You're staring at the boss. There's a body right there. And somehow you see your character turn a full, like, 180 or, like, you know, to the left and just shoot the beam the wrong way. It's like, why, why, why would I possibly want that one way over there? Like, how did you know that? Or why would you think that? But anyways, they're working on it. I really hope that this is the time that it becomes freaking awesome. And they also fixed an issue where the Boneyard spells tombstones would not appear every now and again. And that would happen to me. And it's very frustrating because that's how you know, like, that's the easiest way to look and see, like, is it there or not? So, yeah. yeah. Especially with no add-ons to tell you. So, Doug, we all know that I love Necromancer stuff. And you definitely love this next uh, stupid dungeon stuff. So why don't you go into that? Alright, so we have ICP. And we have the Brace for Impact Synergy. You should once again apply correctly when activated and protect against falling damage. So now Bob cannot be annoyed when he tries to go for a no-death and he dies. <laughs> or just dies you die too, okay. I don't die from the synergy. I die from landing in the portal on the hard mode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somebody Technicalities. <laughs> but regardless, if you want to go into this horrible dungeon and hear some, um, you know, Daedra that should not be named, just blabber on the whole time. <laughs> there you go. That's better for you. And as far as Merkmire goes, I thought this was interesting because I don't actually remember this quest myself. But uh, everyone should remember Stibbins. He is a freaking, you know, staple NPC in ESO. And it says, Merkmire, something about Stibbins. The scene of Stibbins, um, milking a snake, will now play properly, even if you advance to the next step of the quest. So I'm assuming that quest is something about Stibbins. And I just, I love how I I'm assuming it's Gina who types this stuff out, you know, word for word. I don't know if she gets some of it and just tosses it in, but this stuff is just hilarious to me. It's just like uh, um milk quote unquote milking a snake. Like, I don't know. I just crack up reading the patch notes sometimes and thought I'd bring that to you guys a little bit. I I think there's more down here. Anyways, Doug, what's up with uh, these Impen things and uh, the BG ball game changes. All right, so for Impen, they reduced the armor trait to 172, down from 258, because we are getting the extra Impen from the uh, battle bonus that we get inside of Cyrodiil and uh, BGs. So, and then. So they added extra measures to prevent objectives such as Volunjung, Elder Scrolls, or the Chaos Ball from being held longer than intended or being interacted with while dying or moving. So, yeah, so now the ball will no longer appear at the, at the spawn. You no longer have Elder Scrolls automatically be transported to your gate. I think Lotus uh, said something about that in the last Tales episode, or maybe two of them, two episodes ago. I don't know about anything about Volunteering. I mean, I guess I think there is like times where like it seems like one faction has it forever, but I don't actually know if that's the case or not. 
That's true. Maybe that's what it is. Because sometimes it's like, wait, I thought there was supposed to be some kind of timer on this thing, but one dude has just been running around with it for, like, hours. Uh, but, yeah, I'm excited for those. And I think those are a long time coming. If you guys have ever been in a battleground where the dude just dies with the ball and then spawns with it and his base stands there the rest of the game and wins, I'm really hoping that's what this is eliminating because, man... I, I've got very frustrated at that before. That's that's not fair. That should not be a thing in the game. And, um, yeah, so I hope that that fixes that kind of stuff. Now, we also have some addition of crafting stations. And I actually seen someone talking about this on Twitter recently. They were like, man, I craft in Hollow City all the time. and There isn't a jewelry station. Well, guess what? Now there's going to be. And... Davin's watch is getting an outfit station. So you got two main cities getting two main stations. Hollow City Jewelry, Davin's watch outfit. That is freaking awesome. Probably never should have not had them in the first place. But, you know, if you start playing in three months, you never would have known that they didn't have them. <laughs> very, very true. Or if you don't craft in those regions or don't do outfitting in Davin's watch. <laughs> So what about the impresario dog? Alright, so the impresario and her assistant are now located near every capital city and chapter zones, including Vivek City for Vardenfell, Eleanor for Somerset, Rayman for Elsewhere, and now Solitude and Western Skyrim. But my biggest thing is, why not Cyrodiil? Because that is a place that really should have those two NPCs Especially for the PvP events that are involved, like the Mid-Year Mayhem, Imperial City, uh, whenever they do PvP-related uh, stuff for like the anniversary events, they definitely should have an impresario in the uh, serial as well. Yeah, guaranteed. Like for mid-year, why do they not have one in there? Why should you have to leave the place where you're doing the majority of your eventing to go? talk to this person i don't know but i do really like that they at least spread it around the three main cities or faction cities was not enough and they were in weird spots anyways yeah so i think that's good i i'm glad for that i would like to see that in serial that's a that's a good point so next they also fixed an issue where princess the pig from the jester festival could follow you into trials Hungering for the flesh of tender bosses. I mean, That'll do, pig. <laughs> what? I said, as long as they're like, you know, tender bosses, not a uh, hard and rough bosses. <laughs> as long as they're tender, that's the only type the princess will take. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that's another uh, clutch Gina line there. She had to throw in some babe reference. I love it. That'll do, pig. But anyways, uh, don't let my 90s nostalgia slow me down. <laughs> Goodbye, Double Bloody Mara. This is a, a... I don't know. I feel sad at this for some reason. They're changing the name of Double Bloody and Disastrously Bloody Mara to more reflect the vampire changes in this update. The Double Bloody will be purifying and the disastrously will be corrupting because double bloody mario makes your uh, when you drink it your vampire stage goes down one and it's the opposite for disastrously 
So they will make sense, but Double Bloody Mario has been a drink in the game for a long time. Yeah, and it's just... Bloody, and then you're disastrously bloody. Yeah, I, I'm kind of sad to see that name go. But, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, they could have uh, put them like, in parentheses, like, in pr- like Double Bloody Mario, parentheses, purifying. Purifying, yeah. Disastrously corrupting, yeah. Yeah, that would have made sense. I mean, I drank Double Bloody Mara in Vegas. That's what they served us. How could they change the name of that? You actually drink purifying Bloody Mara. Apparently so. I I do feel purified still to this day. (laughs) So the prevent attacking innocence option will also no longer prevent you from fighting back against NPCs who are attacking you after witnessing a crime. And if you play a necromancer like me, and you have, you know, prevent attacking isn't on, and you accidentally cast a freaking skeletal mage in the middle of the town, and then everyone is freaking out. And here is, you know, Lyrinth, the NPC, coming to fight me. And I'm like, man, I wish I could kill Lyrinth with anything but, uh, you know, AoEs, etc. <laughs> No, I can't because I'm trying to kill this person who is killing me and it says you can't attack innocents. Well, they don't seem so innocent. They're murdering me. So, (laughs) you know, yeah, they fixed that. I mean, the easiest way to prevent that is to not be a criminal uh, necromancer. So, Well, you're a criminal vampire now, so there you go. Uh, No, I'd say I'm just a criminal thief slash murderer slash... (laughs) Yeah, when Man. are they gonna get you for murdering every chicken in the town? Like, <laughs> oh, I I have a bunch of like you know those uh, five hundred and two thousand gold leniency edicts, so I'm fine. I can kill people and chickens and sheep and farm animals, and I just write it off, and they're okay with it. <laughs> Classic, and. uh so, yeah, there you're going to be able to kill those people. And also, in the final quest of the main story, I recently encountered this bug myself so I can vouch for it. They fixed an issue where Molog Ball would get stuck during his final encounter, causing the fight to no longer advance. And that happened to me, and I had spent about two and a half hours that day going through story quests to finish it, and I really thought that it was going to be broken forever, and... I was so, so upset, and I found a way to fix it myself, jumping, you know, nefarious ways and making things break in certain ways, but <laughs> I'm glad that they're fixing this, and no one should have to deal with that, because it, it's actually the one of the coolest parts of the Molag Ball fight, and it kind of ruins it if that happens. So. Like me. What was that? I said, you become a god like me. Oh, oh goodness. <laughs> Yeah. And dog, I know this next one has been bugging you for a while. They fixed an issue on on your social list, whereas like the guild roster would update, and it would cause your position to reset in the list. So let's say that you want to travel to someone named with the, someone's name that starts with a W, like Vox, like, yeah, like or like Vox, and you have to go all the way down to the V, and there's like 300 people online in your trading guild, and you want to travel to one because they are in Deshaun and you want to travel to Deshaun for free because you're cheap and every time you get there he uh or like your list keeps resetting 
and then you can try again and then again and you just can't get it or or what i uh met recent more recently is like i was trying to craft some guy gear i crafted him gear so i was trying to uh trying to travel to him but i just couldn't travel to him because his name started with an m and there was a lot of people from a to m before him and i could never get to him so i just ended up inviting him to a group and have to travel through him that way yeah this one has been frustrating for everyone and it actually is something that happens every now and again. It kind of breaks, and they got to fix it. But it's been a while, and I'm glad that they're fixing it quickly this time. That one's got to go. I actually never came across that problem before. Oh, nice. I remember it happened a bit before. Like you, It would just be like, boop, you're at the top. Boop, you're at the top. It's like, okay, can we not do this? So... Uh, last thing we have on the list here for you guys. This has been uh, a lot of fun, a lot of patch notes, and uh, me and Dog love going through patch notes with you guys. So, Dog, why don't you talk about the Activity Finder? They're changing some stuff again. Yep. They made additional improvements to this tool, They including the addressing several edge cases that occurred when queued players logged off or disconnected and some ready check displayed issues fixed an issue where the difficulty setting in the group menu would be incorrect after using the dungeon finder they fixed an issue where the ready check could auto decline i think you ran into that problem a couple times yup they fixed an issue where changing zones after accepting a ready check could result in you in not being able to queue I never personally got that one, but I did get the, uh, after you traveled, like, it would be stuck in their notifications, and you could accept it after waiting for, like, five minutes, and then you'd be put into a dungeon. And you'd be like, man, <laughs> I'm sorry for these people that I never noticed. <laughs> right. Uh, they fixed an issue where battleground entries within the activity finder would say that they had teams of one rather than teams of than four. I never saw that one. Yeah, I don't know what that one is. Probably just on like a back-end thing. Uh, they fixed additional edge case issues where that could occur when changing zones while in an active ready check. I think like, my biggest question is, like, I have no idea what an edge case is. So, see if they explain it. I think it's, like, the probably lower cases. Like, it's not something that happens often, but... It does happen. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, hopefully these fixes will help with the activity finder saveability, especially for BGs, and hopefully we get faster queues and get teams actually full instead of failing two and leaving the third team to lose painfully because they only have two members, and then they get, they get a third member, and then a third member leaves because we're losing so badly and we never got a fourth. Uh, oh, uh, one problem that I did see is that... Uh, when you're in a or when your uh, activity finder is like ready, you can still no longer travel through doors, so you'd be locked inside of a house when you're inside of crafting areas as you wait for someone to accept the queue, and it sucks because I can no longer break down stuff because I'm trapped in the one building. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm. I am excited for some of these changes. As you said, I've been afflicted by some of them personally. Especially this one where it's um, 
fixed an issue where the difficulty selected in the group menu could be incorrect after using the dungeon finder. So we've ran into this problem a lot recently where like me and dog will do a dungeon or something and then we want to like group up with people and do another dungeon. However, we just did a vet like random or a vet pledge and then we want to go do another vet dungeon. But the group is somehow on normal, even though we just did a vet dungeon. And I can't change it because we're in a dungeon group that's been made by Activity Finder. And I'm like, what do you mean I can't change it from normal to veteran? I just did a veteran dungeon. like. So, yeah, I'm really happy that they're changing that. That's I've been personally affected by a few of those for freaking sure. Whew. Dogged, we made it. Yeah. That was fun. <laughs> 2 a.m. for Dogged. Uh, 19 uh, pages of notes later. We made it. I That was fun. We spent a good deal of time preparing this one for you guys. We tried to do it as fast as possible. We tried to get it out day faster than we did but you know dog probably fell asleep on his computer last night so dog i'm gonna let you take us out man where can people find us they can find us on twitter of at red diamond cast they can find us on facebook they can find us on our xbox shield heirs of the red diamond they can find us on the robots radio discord which you can easily access through the robotsradio.net yeah, and both me and Dog are in the Robots Radio Discord, along with all kinds of other people. There's um, so many channels in that Discord, and if you go into it and see a billion, like I did my first time in there and didn't know what to do, just go to the Red Diamond Courier one and hang out with me and Dog and chat it up. There's a lot of fun people, chill people in that Discord. And... We suggest that you go to Robots Radio Done and check out all those other shows. We're adding new ones all the time. And when you hear a Robots Radio show, you can know that the quality is going to be very high quality. That's a big thing about RobotsRadio.net. And a big reason me and Dog were excited to be a part of it. So. If you check out our show notes, you can also see a link to our merch store and our music producer. And hopefully, um, future Bob will be timestamping this episode for you guys so you could jump through the different parts of our patch notes. Plus, um, you know, let me pull out my little soapbox just for a second here. Guys, if you could please, 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 um, you know, just take um, a second... Grab that friend that plays Elder Scrolls. Grab your guildy. Tell him about our awesome podcast and about how much fun we have over here. About how we do giveaways and how we hang out on Twitter and play with our guildies and uh, talk about you know in-game stuff. We it really helps grow our podcast. Like you, you know, you may not believe it, but even just having one extra person listen means the world to us. And Beyond that, if you guys could give us a review, a five star, you could, it doesn't even have to be five star, anything, any review means a lot to us. And especially if you would take the time to go do it on Apple Podcasts, drop us 
a review if it's five stars and you leave some words we will shout you out on the show and read your review and yeah it really uh helps move our podcast up in the charts and gets us to more eyes and with all the influx of graymore we want to be giving information on this game we all love to as many people as possible and we thank you guys so much for the support it's one of the big reasons we like to do stuff like the podcast itself and like giveaways on twitter like we're doing so once again go enter in that win some current crates and rub the uh apex that you get out of it in dog's face and you could do that at these locations if you could do it on xbox so i'm dogbark24 there you can find me on twitter at dogbark24 and i'm also on esopcna or you of at dogbark24 and then yeah that's about it bob just deleted a old uh text paragraph of i don't know how that got in there (laughs) is that in my show notes template i gotta get rid of that anyways (laughs) um yeah sorry suck just kidding um you can find me on xbox bob chichinsky and it's just dogs healer shark that sucks don't worry guys and the pc eso of at bob underscore chinsky guys i am getting a new freaking pc i totally forgot to uh mention about that i don't really talk about myself that much but this is the bob segment of the little end of the show so yeah i'm getting a pc it's my birthday present to myself it's gonna be an awesome brand new thing and um that's it's it's kind of you know a part of this whole podcasting and if you guys have checked out my stream twitch.tv bob underscore chichinsky was the next thing i was gonna say um i'm excited to keep this and you know content creation for this game i love so much going i'm really loving it and my pc is old so i'm getting a new one i'm gonna keep this going for a long time so you guys could be excited for that and to see more content creation coming and yeah i'm gonna be on eso pc more just as i have been with that and ps4 uh, i'm bob underscore chinsky over there too so add me on ps4 guys like come let's play i'm in the uh guild with lotus and uh promethean their tales guild ran over there on ps4 na we're just having fun all over the place guys this game is awesome come play and if you you know you need people to play with there's people all over and we can help make sure that you guys are having fun out there so uh, twitter and twitch bob underscore come hang out guys and thank you guys for the support like it really it really does mean a lot me and dogs super appreciate it and it uh, you know, just propels our love for this more and makes us want to not only keep doing it, but do better at it every time. Right, dog? Episode 20, right? We gotta be a bit nostalgic. It's been Nostalg- five months. Nostalgia. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you guys for supporting us. And we have, you know, too much fun doing this, clearly. We're just... Two dudes who love Elder Girls and love hanging out with uh, all you guys imparting knowledge. So thank you, Dog, for coming and hanging out again this week. Thank you guys for stopping by and, uh, you know, listening to all these Grimmer patch notes. And we hope that if you play PC, you're enjoying the crap out of it. And all us console plebs will be there in two weeks, even though, you know, consoles are best 
I don't know. I love them all. I play everything. I've always played every console, so. There you go. I'm excited and happy and Graymore and everything. Like, Graymore hype has taken over everything at this point. And if you're not on that train yet, I would highly advise you hop on. <laughs> not until two more weeks. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. We will catch you guys later. Have a great weekend. See ya. Yeah, bye, everyone. <laughs> You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Hey. Hi. Do you enjoy being optimistic about bad movies? Or do you enjoy at least trying to figure out where someone worked really hard on a bad movie? Well, we've got the podcast for you. New to Robots Radio, we represent Fresh Tomatoes, the movie podcast. Each week, we look at two movies that did really badly critically, but we try to find the good in them. And we have segments such as What Could Have Saved It? and Would You Watch It Again? If you're there on a Saturday night, you want to watch a bad movie, but you're not sure if it's like good bad or bad bad, or if you should even bother, give us a listen. You can find us on Robots Radio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please come and say hi. We love you already. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye.